Welcome to Gateway Church's podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you're encouraged by today's message. I want you to look with me in the book of Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And uh, I want to preach today on the most unpreached Bible verse of the Christmas story. I want us to look at something that's a little bit different, and I want us to, uh, I want us to just lean in, and I believe the Lord will speak to people's hearts today. In the book of Matthew, chapter 2, I'll begin reading. Uh, let's go to verse 17. Let's back up and go to verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all the districts from the two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now, right in the middle of all of the Christmas story. If you begin reading Matthew chapter 1, if you read Matthew chapter 2, you hear the most exciting things are going on. Angels are showing up. Glory of God is shining. Uh, bright light, stars supernaturally leading the wise men coming in, the magi, the gifts of gold, myrrh, frankincense, spectacular things, Gabriel, the angel showing up here and there with great proclamations. And right in the middle of it, it seems out of place. It seems like it's inserted. And I really think if you were like me for years and years and years and years, when I read the Christmas story, I would get to this verse, a voice heard in Ramah, lamentations, weeping, great mourning, uh, weeping for the children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. What in the world, why is that inserted? What, what has it got to do? It's, a, it's, it's not the first time. It's found three different times. This text is found three times, and it ends up in the Christmas story the last time. The one verse that I don't get why is it in this story unless you understand where it came from. It's no new utterance. It was given first in the book of Genesis chapter 35. Let me tell you where this is a quote that ends up in the Christmas story where it came from. And I promise you that if you'll lean in, this will speak to you because it's about you and it's about your family. And I really want you to lean in. Genesis 35 is the story of Rachel and she was barren. She was married to Jacob. She could not have children. God supernaturally gave her the ability to have children. 
and blessed her with her first son, Joseph. And now, as only a man could do, he planned, as she's pregnant with the second child, he planned a trip to Bethlehem in her ninth month. And she was not riding in a Lexus. She was riding a donkey in the ninth month on the way to Bethlehem. And tragically, she goes into labor and they stop and she's having a baby on the side of the road. And they are at a place called Ramah. Ramah is five miles north of Jerusalem. It is on the road to Bethlehem, just a few miles from Bethlehem. And in this particular spot, as she's giving birth to this baby, something goes terribly wrong. And she births the child, but she's dying. And there on the side of the road, Jacob is weeping. Little Joseph, who has so much potential, full of dreams. He'll save the world from a famine, from dying. And he's standing there as a little toddler. And she's holding, perhaps on her chest, a brand newborn baby. And she starts weeping as she's dying because she's looking at her little baby, Joseph, full of dreams, potential, and calling. She's holding Benjamin. And she's dying, and she knows it. And Jacob, who would become Israel, is standing there weeping and she dies. And in that moment, I'm sure they had to pry her fingers off of that baby. It's a place of separation. It's a place of division. It's a place of tears in a family. It's a place that seems like we shouldn't be talking about at Christmas time. It's joyful and happy and bright lights and presents and turkey and dressing and decorations, but right in the middle of it is this story of Rachel weeping for her children. Rachel died on the dusty road to Bethlehem. Every parent has dreams for their children. I have five. My wife and I, Sharice, have been married 36 years. We have five children. She, she's with me. Can you believe she went shopping? Can you believe she didn't come to hear me preach? Is she so unspiritual? And, and she said, I'm going, I couldn't believe, I was so excited that she was coming with me to Dallas. And I thought, well, praise the Lord, man, she's going to, I must really, she thinks I'm going to really preach. And halfway here, she tells me, I'm going shopping now. I'll see you as soon as, don't worry about it. We do church all the time. It's fine. I don't know why I had to tell you that, but it's kind of eating at me just a little bit, getting all that bitterness out. Uh, but um, what was I preaching about? Let's go. <laughs> this was the spot in the road where Rachel died, and a family was forever changed. Tears, sorrow, weeping, lamenting, crying. She's weeping. A place where Jacob buried her. It is a landmark place if you go to Israel today. Ramah is a holy site for the Jewish people, one of the top 
Rachel's tomb is there. And it is, it is a place where they bring their families to remember. Became a famous landmark. It's where a child with great purpose was separated. Two children was separated from their mother. A husband was divided and separated from his wife. It all began on a dusty road to Bethlehem, five miles outside of Jerusalem at a place called Ramah. Now I want you to go fast forward to 586 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar invades the nation of Israel and specifically attacks the city of Jerusalem. I promise I'm going somewhere. Lean in. There's, this is a quick sermon. And I'm getting there real fast. But Nebuchadnezzar comes in. He destroys the city of Jerusalem. But he does something very unusual, if you can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 24. He not only destroys the city, burns it with fire, kills much like the terrorist attacks that we've watched on news, but much more multiplied by the tens of thousands, slaughter is taking place. And then he does something strange. He says to basically his secret service, his top elite fighting force, I want you to go into the homes of the Jews and I want you to kidnap 10,000 of the Jewish children. I want you to get their sons and I want you to get their daughters. This is what Nebuchadnezzar gave a command to do in 2 Kings 24. He said, you go into those those Hebrews' homes, and you find the most talented, you find the most gifted, you find the most uh, strong and well-bodied, athletic, musical, in whatever area, I want the top of the class, I want the prettiest, I want the most talented, I want the most gifted, I want the kids, the teenagers, the young men and women, I want them for my own, I'm taking them in chains back to Babylon. They're going to build my kingdom. They will not build God's kingdom. They will not build this city. They're mine. I'm taking them from the homes. I'm tearing them away from the hands of their mothers, their fathers, their grandparents. I'm chaining them, and we're taking them back. And you won't believe it, but guess where he had his holding pins, much like the Holocaust, when, when they would load them on the trains to send them to the concentration camps. He set up his pins to hold these young people, these teenagers, these sons, these daughters, at a place called Ramah, five miles outside the city. And there as the parents would come behind Bob wire perhaps and they would say their goodbyes and they would hug their son and hug their daughter and they would be ripped apart by brutish Babylonian soldiers and they would be chained and you can hear as though hundreds of years ago the ghost of Rachel comes up and this is found in your Bible, 
as Rachel is weeping for her children again, it actually says that there was a voice heard. It's found in, it's found in Jeremiah chapter 31. And it says, and I, I just want to read it to you because it says a voice was heard in Ramah again. But this, this prophecy in Jeremiah is written to what was taking place in Nebuchadnezzar's invasion. And he said, what I see in the spirit is even though Rachel's been dead for hundreds of years, it's almost like, I don't want to say the ghost of Rachel, but the spirit of Rachel comes up in a new generation where, where people of faith are losing their sons and their daughters. Their families are being torn to pieces. Parents are weeping. Children are weeping. Chains, chains are, uh, that they can't get break free from. And they're watching them as they are being herded at Ramah and then being taken off to a foreign country to never see them again, to use their talents, to use their gifts, to use their beauty, to use their, their, their giftings to build Babylon. And the Bible then invokes this verse for the second time. A voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation, bitter weeping. Rachel, it's almost like the ghost of Rachel or the spirit of Rachel is over the clinging of the chains, over the, 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 the cries of young people. Mama, I love you. Mama, I want you. Don't let them do this. Little children all the way up to teenagers being taken captive, just like we saw on the news. And in the middle of it, the prophet says, it's just like Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Nebuchadnezzar picks out those who have abilities and gifts. 10,000 of them, your Bible said. The most talented, the most brilliant. And the journey from Jerusalem to Babylon begins it all happens as the cries of mothers, the cry of, and over all of that, you hear almost a squeal. Uh, I, could, I can just hear it in my mind, almost a, a weeping, a moaning voice of Rachel. And those of us who are parents, we've had those moments when you're grieving it may be chains of addiction that has one of your children. It may be chains of alcoholism. It may be chains of mental health disorder. and You can't fix it seemingly. And you're weeping. It may be division through divorce, brokenness in families that is just you can't even put into words. You don't even know how to describe the pain that you feel and it feels so shattered and it feels so divided and it feels so hopeless. And Rachel is weeping for her children because they are no more. I believe that there is a spirit of Nebuchadnezzar in the world today. Give me a big amen right there. I believe Satan is targeting church kids. I believe Satan has said, I want to go into every great church like Gateway and I want 10,000 of their children 
and their children's children. And they're so gifted and they're so filled with potential. And they're so, I'm glad that I'm preaching a Christmas message because I am. Remember, this story is right in the middle of your Christmas drama. Right in the middle of you having an empty chair because all this stuff is going on. And Satan thinks he's divided your family. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'm going to go on and preach. We're not a bunch of defeated people. We're not a bunch of people who just come to go through life and suffer and be a bunch of victims. I'm here to declare that there's a road to Bethlehem. And we may not be there yet, but if you're in Ramah, God is a place. There's a place of Bethlehem where a miracle's about to be born for every family I'm preaching to. Give the Lord a shout of praise if you believe it. Hallelujah. Come on and praise him just a minute. Praise him. Praise him for your sons. Praise him for your daughters. Praise him that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on families, on sons, on daughters. Hell's not going to win. Now take three more minutes and praise him in your home, at every campus. Everybody praise the Lord. Just another moment. I feel something stirring. I feel something coming. Woo! I feel help on the dusty road of crying and weeping. I feel help coming for families this day. This day. Young people being bound, kidnapped from Christian homes, being held in demonic strongholds. Jeremiah 31 described it. But I'm so glad the story doesn't end there with weeping. I could hear them. I could hear them as, as I was preparing this because it's been my voice. It's been my wife's voice at different seasons of raising children and families and holding it all together somehow to see the faithfulness of God come shining through. The children, Satan says, their futures, this is what parents mourn over, their futures are destroyed. This can't be happening to our home, to a kids in our youth group, to our children, to our grandchildren. This can't be happening to our marriage. But then we come to the last time that the same verse is mentioned. The first time Rachel is losing her children, she's dying. Separation, death, devastation, tears in a family. The second time it shows up in Scripture, 10,000 families are weeping and crying as they're being separated and young people are being taken off, chained to be used by the evil one. 
abused and thrown away after he, he sucked the life out of them. But then we fast forward five centuries into the future. And I didn't have time to read it all, but the wise men in this same chapter, they come to Jerusalem and they're searching for a king. And they're looking for a child with great potential. They're looking for a child that has great purpose. They're looking for a child who has been marked to be king of kings and lord of lords. And they go and they ask Herod, where is he? And Herod, insanely jealous, he was so jealous that history records that he killed all of his own seed, his own sons. He slew because he was so protective of his throne. And when he heard, Herod hears, there's a child who's going to be the hope of the world and people are coming from all over the world to bow down and worship him. And he says, gives an order in the text that we read, kill all the children, the male children, two years of age and under, target them and take them out. I guess what I'm trying to preach up here today is I do believe that the enemy is trying to target the next generation. I do believe our sons and our daughters and our families are under some demonic attack. But I do believe that God's Word has some surprises that are about to hit the world, including a mighty outpouring of love, reconciliation, healing, and miracles in families. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. <laughs> Satan is attempting to destroy the future generation. And so with the spirit of Herod, he comes. That spirit of Herod that says there is, there is a generation of destiny that can change the world. Let's take them out while they're young. Let's mess them up. Let's mar them. Let's abuse them. Let's enslave them. Let's get them on drugs. Let's get them messed up. Let's get them in false religions. Let's, let's chain them up and destroy them. Another boy is being ripped out of the home. And can you imagine the horror? You can because you saw it when Hamas did what they did in Gaza. It's the same demon. The same demons are still alive today. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against... I'm still preaching on Christmas. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And that's why Jesus had to come. Because God is a spirit and spirits couldn't come legally and take dominion. But Jesus wrapped himself up in flesh. And he stepped down the star-studded steps of glory into a barnyard in Bethlehem. And he said, I'm here now legally. I've got blood and Satan doesn't have any blood. I've got a body and Satan doesn't have a body. And I'm here to do damage on this cross. And through my blood and through my name and through my cross, I'm going to defeat him. Why are you screaming? That's what I do. 
I have a license to do it. Hallelujah. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I feel something stirring up here right now. I feel like we've forgotten that he is power. He has power over every demon, over every attack. You've forgotten. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to put it under a microscope. You're trying to be brilliant. And sometimes you just got to say what the angel said to Mary. When Mary said, how can this happen? God, God, the angel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Turn to somebody and say, how? The Holy Ghost. How am I going to fulfill my calling? The Holy Ghost. How am I going to get that child off drugs? The Holy Ghost. How am I going to pull my family back together? After all, we, the Holy Ghost. How am I going to get over this sickness? The Holy Ghost. Woo, hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of the power of the Holy Ghost. It can, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. You don't have to fight all the time. Let the Holy Ghost do it. Your money can't fix some things. Your education can't fix some things. Your brilliance and your counseling can't fix some things. This is a job for the Holy Ghost. You need to get back to praying in the Holy Ghost and singing in the Holy Ghost and worshiping in the Holy Ghost. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Everybody take a praise break and give God the glory. Merry Christmas. How's this church going to keep growing? How? The Holy Ghost. You got to have the Holy Ghost. He did this. He can do it again. How am I going to get through these holidays? I don't need... Vodka in my eggnog. I don't need the devil's lettuce, weed, to get me through. I'm so thankful I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful I can go in and start praying in the Holy Ghost. And he comforts me. And he lifts me. And he fills me with faith again to get up and keep going. You know, I'm from Eastern. You can sit down. I'm from, I'm from Eastern North Carolina. And uh, when I was growing up, we used to go these long stretches by the military bases where they train fighters in the Marines. And they put up big billboards because you'll be driving down the highway and a big old jet, fighter jet, they, they have to come right over your head to land. And it will scare the living daylights out of you. And so they put up big billboards that said, pardon the noise, it's the sound of freedom. And I hope this Christmas season y'all have to put up some billboards because it's time for the church to get loud again. It's time for the church to say, Satan, you can't have my family. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my children. How are we going to turn it around? The Holy Ghost is up to something in Bethlehem. 
That's how I built my whole ministry. So funny. Uh, um, uh, John, uh, the brilliant man, John uh, Maxwell. Thank you. John Maxwell invited me one time to a round table with brilliant, brilliant preachers that were some of the most household name preachers, about 12 of them. And I didn't know what I was doing there, but I was there. And he started, I'll never forget it, he started going around the room. And he said, I want you to tell the secret to your ministry. How have you done it? 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 And I'm, boy, there they have the greatest. I'm sitting there taking notes. I'm, oh my God, what a strategist. Oh my God. And, it's, and I'm realizing it's getting closer to me. I got one thing going for me. How? The Holy Ghost. You look at that mountain standing before you and shout at it. How? The Holy Ghost is going to handle you. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. They're like, what did Pastor Morris invite into our church? I guess I'm, I'm going to dance with the one who brought me. I am not ashamed of the power of the Holy Ghost. He can take over anytime he wants to. You tried everything else and it's not working. Why don't you try the Holy Ghost? I need to behave. Hallelujah. I feel good, my sanctified soul, right now. And Matthew pens the exact same words the ghost of Rachel rises from the dusty road. And as the families are crying, as thousands and thousands of little boys are being cut and mauled and slaughtered. But this time, it's different. Because the story does not end like it did in the Old Testament. Right there in Ramah. Ramah is not a dead end. Dysfunction in your family is not a dead end. Tears and sorrow and bitterness and unforgiveness is not a dead end. Bethlehem is just down the road. A miracle is happening in the text just down the road. Because of Jesus, there's hope for your family. And let me tell you what the rest of Jeremiah 31 says. So let's start out in the Old Testament. But I believe where this prophecy flips is in when it moves from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the story of Christmas. It starts out, here it goes, verse 15 of Jeremiah 31. Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah. Lamentation, bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. God, they're gone. Somebody's listening to me and you hadn't talked or seen your child and, and it's ripping your heart out. I, we, we went through a season where we didn't see one of our children for over a year and we would weep and we would cry. God brought her home. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. God called her to preach. She's the greatest mother. She's the greatest wife. She's the greatest preacher woman I've ever heard in my life. 
You didn't hear what I said. You're looking at me. You didn't hear the miracle. To you, it's a story. To me, it's a miracle. It's something that almost, I felt like I was dying. I felt like, how can I preach? And it's not working in my home. But here's where the story turns. I want want everybody in this room to do your finger like, do, do, do this right here. And I want you to put it up there. And I want you to say out loud by faith, that call is coming. It's going to happen suddenly. Mama, Daddy, I just want to get together. You hadn't heard their voice. It's coming. Ooh, I feel that. I need somebody to shout who believes it's coming. They're coming home. They're coming home. They're coming back. God can do it. You can't do it. The Holy Ghost can do it. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 16. They might need to throw this one up there if they can. Thus says the Lord. Here it is. This is the New Testament now. I believe where the New Testament kicks in. Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work shall be rewarded. The devil will tell you, you bring those kids to church, it's not working. Look at your family. It's not working. You plead the blood. You anoint their pillows. You anoint. I did it all. I tried everything. I did it all. And the devil said, there's no reward. You're not. It is working even when you don't know it's working. The Holy Ghost will go with them to the parties. And when everybody else is seeing psychedelic elephants and pink elephants they'll see Moses they'll see Elijah they'll see the four horses of the apocalypse while they're doing Jack Daniels your work will be rewarded here it is everybody read it out loud the next verse go to the next verse please verse they shall come back Shout it, somebody. They shall come back. Shout it, Grandpa. Shout it, Granny. You've been praying it. Shout it. They shall come back. Shout it, Israel. They shall come back from the land of the enemy. Merry Christmas. They shall come back. Your sons and your daughters. Somebody's got a a big sister. And you don't even know her anymore. She's so messed up on drugs. But they're coming back if, if somebody will stand in faith. If somebody will stand like the unjust judge story and that woman that said, avenge me of my adversaries. They're coming back. And here's what I heard the Lord say to me today, specifically to Gateway Church. And I submit this, of course, to your leadership, your amazing, godly man of God, Pastor Morris. But I heard the Lord say in my spirit, He said, challenge the people of Gateway, my church, to believe for a 10,000 soul, teenage, youth, revival. 40 and under. 10,000 souls in 20 
24. Your sons will be there. Your daughters. Your, I don't know how God's going to do it. All I can tell you is we broke out in revival this year. It came suddenly. It was unplanned. And we saw thousands and thousands of teenagers weeping, crying, filled with the Holy Ghost and set one whole football team. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Don't say God can't do it. How can that happen? The Holy Ghost. Get up on your feet and give God the biggest praise you can right here, right now. Praise Him at every campus. Praise Him. I want a parent to praise Him. I want somebody who's been weeping over your family. Praise Him. I want somebody who's been broken. I want somebody who's got a brother or a sister who's messed up right now in some ungodly lifestyle. Shout, they're coming back. And you know what the Lord told me to do? The first time I ever, I've only preached this sermon one time and today. And the first time God gave me this message was last year. And he said after I preached it, if the devil is targeting 10,000 children, he said, you ought to raise up 10,000 Rachels and call it Rachel's army to start praying for the sons and the daughters. And, and Steve, I went on TV and I thought, you know, I might get three or 4,000 or something. We got 28,000 women who signed up and said, every day I'll pray for one thing, pour out your spirit on our sons and our daughters. And then why am I surprised that revival, if the mothers, if Rachel's begin to cry out, and, I, and you gotta get a little bit, get, get a little bit of that stuff you get at your husband sometimes. Get an attitude with the devil. Get, get it like you get when the kids don't clean up that nasty room. Get an attitude with the devil and say, I'm done with this mess. Something's gonna change in 2024. We'll get through Christmas, but woo, I don't know. I believe there's a youth outpouring. I wanna do something. I want every, I want every mom, or dad in this room who bears a witness and at all of the campuses who bears a witness and you know this is a message for you I want you to get out of your seat whether in the balcony or wherever you are and I want you to get down here as close as you can get in the altar because I still believe in altars I know God can touch you in your seat but sometimes with our body posture we need to say Lord I need revival in my home I'm getting serious about this. I can't fix this. How can it ever change? How? How? Would you, would you let it begin with you in this Christmas season? Would you? How long has it been since you prayed in the Holy Spirit? How long has it been since you worshiped in that language? Oh, you carry so much that you don't have to carry anointing will break the yoke and lift the heavy burden.
Now throw your hands up, Mom. Throw your hands up, Dad. Come on, Granny. Come on, Grandpa. There's power in your prayers. And I want you to begin to call your children home. I want you to begin to pray in faith. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to figure out how you can, who can, where you can go. You go to the Holy Ghost. That's, that's just, this one's got to be one there. Now lift those hands high on behalf of a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister. And if you don't have anybody in your family that's lost, you know somebody in another family, stand in proxy for them right where you are and just throw your hands up and say, Lord, this Christmas, I, come on, say it out loud, boldly. Lord, this Christmas, I claim a household revival in my family. You've got to heal some things. We're divided. We're broken. We're separated. I can't do it. Some of them are in chains, and they are so lost. I can't do it, but I know how. Shout the Holy Ghost. Say, I invite the Holy Ghost into my family. Now go to praising him for the next 15 seconds. Would you lift your praise to the Lord? Lift it high. Turn the volume up on your spirit. Turn the volume up on your voice. Tell alcohol, tell drugs, tell immorality. It cannot have your family. They shall return. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord. Lift your hands and sing. For your name is great. Come on, singers. And greatly to be praised. Sing it loud. I sing praises to your name. Oh, sing, Mama. Sing, Daddy. Sing like you believe He can work a miracle in your family. For your name is great. That's it. Come on, give me a singer out here. Let's sing it one more time. Lift your hands all over the room. Oh, I praise you in advance. Like Mary, I sing praises to your name. Hallelujah. Touch families, Holy Spirit. play that one more time and I want you to reach over and lay your hand on somebody beside you. Their families hurting all around you. Their families that are facing crisis that is almost unbearable. <laughs> and I've been there. I, I, nobody comes to me these days in my journey and says pray for my family and I just oh, kind of give a nod, got it. I know what it is to go through what some of you are going through and I know what it is to get on the other side. <laughs> 
you're going to make it. They're coming home. You're going to get your son back. You're going to get your daughter back. Oh, I need somebody to believe it right here, right now. Settle it. Settle it. You know you can come to church and things can be settled. You don't have to leave like you came. Things can be in the spirit realm. You can possess your possessions. In Jesus' name. That's the power. In Jesus' name. Deliverance for every family. Now agree with me. Raise your hands if you're in agreement. Lord, give us a 10,000 soul revival at Gateway. May it have ripples. I'm not talking about some kind of what hyper craziness or extremism. I'm just talking about however he wants to do it. But we're going to see our sons and our daughters saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now put your hands together and give Jesus the biggest praise of the day. He's worthy. You need to praise him. You need to not do it just like you need to praise him. Pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. Freedom from fear. You're going to get that call. Pray this prayer, everybody. Jesus, come into my life. I surrender to you. You are Lord. I bow my knee. I believe you were born in Bethlehem, God in skin. You lived a sinless life. You died on a cruel cross. You shed your blood for me. You rose from the dead, and I am forgiven, and I am free, and my family shall be saved because of this Christmas baby. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 71010 or visit gatewaypeople.com. We hope you have a great week.